The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue today looking at the topic of burdens, Elder John Morgan Owens takes us to the account of Jesus in the home of Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10. Here we see Martha cumbered about much serving, while Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened raptly to his words. Which one of these two sisters enjoyed the greater blessings? Of course, it was Mary who put aside her burdens and soaked up the presence of Jesus. The burdens of life can cumber us about and can cause us to miss the blessings of being with Christ. Join us today as Brother John Morgan teaches us some important lessons from the scriptures about laying our daily burdens at the feet of Jesus. I'd ask that you turn with me to Luke chapter 10. We talked this morning about burdens and about the burdens that we carry and the burdens that are put on us. You know, we we looked at scripture this morning Uh, talking about uh, specific types of burdens. I'm just going to give a a quick recap because I I view this as a a continuation of that message. We looked at the burden of sin and how obviously that is a a burden that it says in Scripture that that is an iniquity that is upon us, that is a weight, it's a burden that we're unable to bear. And so in a sense there is a burden that has been placed on us from the sin of Adam and from our own sins, that is so heavy, so heavy a burden that it crushes us and we're unable to carry it. And so when, the, when we're talking about the burden of sin, that, that separation of fellowship between us and God, that problem can only be solved by Jesus Christ himself coming in and taking that burden from you, okay? But now there's also a sense in which now that you are walking in, by faith, that you have sins in your life that still burden you, maybe past sins that you still hold on to the guilt of, and those are still things that we need to let go of those burdens. We talked about the burdens of idols, 
We looked at that scripture in Isaiah that talks about idols, literal idols, as burdens that have to be carried around. And we don't have literal idols now, probably not. I'm sure there's people out there that do. But we carry around idols all, all day long. All of us have idols. And those things are burdens. They're, they're not helping carry you around. You're having to help carry them around. We looked at the, the burdens of worry and of, and of the cares of the world and also of fear. Now, that's a huge category to just lump in worry and the cares of the world and fear all into one. Those, you could preach on those and, and never run out of material. But we, we did specifically talk about fear and worry and how it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of our time to worry about things that may not ever come. Now, I want us to kind of continue, but I want us to get a little more information. So in Luke 10, in verse 38, we, we come here uh, with Jesus in his ministry. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and, which, and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. All right, so Jesus comes in the home. The Lord of glory is there in person in your home, okay? And I'm sure that that would put a lot of pressure on you as the host. You're hosting Jesus, right? And I know that you would want to have everything just so. And so Martha is running to and fro in the house. She's trying to have everything ready. The meal's got to come out at the right time. You know, we need the, we need the table set. Everything's got to be perfect. You know, oh, there's a little bit of dust on, on the mantle. I need to make sure we just kind of sweep that off and take care of everything. Now, here's what, what uh, Mary is doing, her sister. Mary, her sister, is not concerned by any of those things. The Lord of glory is there, right? And, and yes, maybe our home is a little dirty. Maybe, maybe the food is not ready right on time. But the Lord of glory is there. And he's there. He's, he's in our living room, right? We don't deserve him to come in our house anyway. I just want to be at his feet. And that's what she's doing. And then Martha comes out. I can, I can see her now, right? She's huffing and puffing. And she's mad because Mary is not helping. And I've been there. I've, we've all been that person. You know, when you're doing something and maybe one of your siblings or maybe, uh, you know, somebody that, you know, you would expect to be helping you is not. And you're mad. <laughs> you know, I'm doing all this work. You know, I feel like I'm carrying everybody. <laughs> well, what does Jesus say? Because we know that what Martha is doing, the things that she's doing, is a good thing. And we view, uh, we view duties and responsibilities and cleanliness and all those sort of things as good things. And they are, okay? That's not what we're teaching here today. It's not about... <laughs> It's not about the things, okay? It's not about the things that Martha was necessarily doing, okay? 
It is good to be a good host or hostess. It's good for us to have a clean church. It's good for us to work and to, and to make things look as good as we can. It's not about the things that Martha's doing, okay? It's about how. It's about how she's doing it, about how she feels. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. That word careful is interesting. Actually, the word cumbered up there that says Martha was cumbered about, that word literally means distracted. <laughs> you know, we think of cumbered as being like a burden. It's something that, that tangles you up, that it weighs you down, it slows you down. The, the, the word there, that Greek word, also has the connotation of being distracted. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. We talked about it this morning, about one of Satan's tactics is to distract you uh, using your burdens. But Martha, it's not just that she's preparing because, yeah, if, if nobody is working, <laughs> if nobody's cleaning, then it's just going to be a mess. And there's, nobody's ever going to eat. So that's not what the problem. The problem is that she had made it to be a distraction. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. There are a lot of good things in our lives, okay? Many uh, hobbies, many uh, activities, even responsibilities that, that are good things and that the Lord expects us to do. You know, work ethic in Scripture is taught. I mean, it, it, is, it is a principle in Scripture that work is a good thing. I didn't, I didn't necessarily believe that when I was growing up. You know, I was thinking, well, you know, work is bad because we didn't have to work until we fell in sin. That's not true because you, you realize that God put us in the garden to work it before we fell. The problem is that after the fall, work gets hard, right? Work gets difficult. And, and so work itself is not a bad thing. And it's taught multiple times over and over in Scripture that, to, that, to, um, that somebody who is idle, that somebody is not working, they tend, they tend to uh, go into ruin and work is good and you provide for your own, those sorts of things. That's a good thing. However, the problem with us is that we, we are so easily encumbered and burdened. And what happens here is that Martha took a good thing and she got so distracted in it that she forgot to look up into her living room and see that Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, is there in my living room. Right? Now, how often... Does that happen to you? <laughs> that, that maybe good things, maybe hobbies, maybe burdens that, that you have put on yourself or maybe burdens that the world has put on you, you get so distracted by those things that you forget to look up and see that the Lord of glory is right there waiting to spend time with you. Man, it gives me chills to think about that. I think about all the opportunities of fellowship with the Lord that I've missed. Because I've been distracted by silly things. I'm sure everybody was appreciative to Martha. I'm sure they had a great meal that night. 
But you know, I know Martha looked back on her, on her life after Jesus was gone. And I'm sure she, didn't, she probably didn't remember what she made for supper that night. Maybe she did. But I, I guarantee you she would say it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth me being distracted. Jesus Christ, my Savior, was in that living room. So I'll remind us this morning we looked at the example of the Israelites in, in Egypt and how they were in Egypt and then all of a sudden after generations passed, they, so, they, they outnumbered the Egyptians and the, the people in charge, the Pharaoh, forgot who Joseph was and they decided, we've got a problem here. Okay, we've got a lot of Israelites and if they were to focus on it, they could overturn us. They could take care of us or they could side with our enemy and we would be done. <laughs> and so what did they say? Let's give them burdens. Let's give them burdens. Let's, let's put them, let's put taskmasters over them and make them work. Keep them distracted. And it worked. <laughs> it worked for a long time. Satan does it now. He does the exact same thing now. We talked about that this morning. That he takes you and he gives you burdens. He puts burdens upon your back and keeps you so distracted, keeps you looking down so much so that you don't ever look up and realize, hey, I'm not in bondage anymore. I'm a child of the king. Now let's go um, to Matthew 11. This is, um, we went there this morning, but we didn't really spend as much time as we needed to there. Matthew 11, as we're, as we're thinking about burdens, I can't think of a better passage. As Jesus says here, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor, this is verse 28, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, we've got to say this every time because I never want to be misunderstood about this. This, as so many people would say, this is an invitation for you to come out of darkness into light and to be born again. And that's not what's happening here. You see that this is, this is to people that are, that are laboring and are heavy laden. The, the, the dead are not laboring. <laughs> the dead are not heavy laden. They don't have a load upon them that they can't bear. They're dead. This is to people who have been born again by the, by the miraculous work of Jesus Christ. So this is an invitation, it sure is, but it's not an invitation to become one of his children. This is an invitation for his children to come back to him as many times as they need to. And he says, to those of you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I mean, that's what we all long for, isn't it? That's, that's ultimately what I think drives so many of us is we, we, we think that money is the answer. We think that if we have enough money that we could retire, that we could rest. Or we think that, that if we've got good enough health, you know, maybe, maybe we'll feel better and we'll get some good rest. Or you know, maybe we feel like we're, we're in, in social upheaval, we're, in, we're, we're having con conflict, and we think, man, the, the answer to that is to have a better relationship with that person, and then I'll have rest. I mean, I believe that's what motivates me in my life, 
is I'm trying to get me and to get my family to a point where we can rest. Here's the problem, is that we won't have that ultimate rest until we get to heaven. And I believe that's, I believe that's the reason that we yearn for it so much, okay? I believe that's why we strive for it so much, is because you were made for that. God made you to enjoy the, the glories, the rest of heaven, and we fell from that. And He, thankfully, because of His grace, restored us uh, to that. But He says here, Come unto Him, and He will give you rest. There is rest here in this time. We, we do have rest in the kingdom. We have peace. But it takes some work to get there, to achieve that sort of peace and rest. And he says here, Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what I tried to highlight this morning in this passage is that this is not just a drop-off point for your problems. Okay, This is not just a place for you to come and to drop your problems and walk away. This is a place for you to come to Jesus and trade some things. Okay, To trade in your burdens and to take His yoke. That's what He says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He wants you to learn about Him. To be aware of Him. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. You see, if we just drop off our burdens, we drop off our problems at the Lord's feet, and we just turn away, and we don't take anything in exchange, what's going to happen is those burdens are going to find their way back. And so what do we do? That, that load that Jesus carries, He's not talking about the load of your sins, okay? Because He took that load, that load that you could not bear, He took that load of your sins to the grave, and He came back without it, right? <laughs> he buried your load of sin. He's not talking about that. <laughs> what, else does, what, what else does Christ bear? We have been told... <laughs> And this is, this is what redemption is, is that He took us from our sins. He, he took our, our sins upon His shoulders. And what did He give us? He gave us His righteousness. Now, you know, there's nothing more you need to do to receive that righteousness, but here's what we do need to do. We need to be reminded every day when we come to Him and we give Him our problems and we give Him the burdens that we shouldn't carry, the burdens we can't carry, Maybe the burdens that, that, that are appropriate for us to carry, but we, we want to give them to Him. We take upon us that identity, that yoke, that we are in the sight of God, that we are the children of the King because of the blood of Christ, that we take our identity in Christ. It's a special thing for us to remember that even though the world, may, the world may say that you're nobody, that you're, you're a sinner, the Lord looks at us and He says, those are lies. He looks at you and says, you are my child. I purchased you with my blood. Now Satan is putting these burdens on your back and, and you get so distracted by that burden that you look down and you think, I'm nothing, I'm nobody. That, that 
that load, that yoke that you need to take on from Jesus is the yoke of the king, right? You need to remember. Now look, that doesn't mean that, that we go around and say, well, I'm a, I'm a child of the king. He says it right here. He says, I am meek and lowly in heart. We realize that, that the identity that we have in Christ is not something we've earned. It's something that has been given to us by his abundant love and grace. Now that will relieve you from some bondage. Now, and, and carrying that with you, taking that yoke upon you, there's not a whole lot of room left for, for baggage and, and burdens to get on you. You think a burden of, 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 as I mentioned this morning, I gave examples of the burdens that I was putting on myself this morning before I even put my shoes on, was the burdens of what was going to happen this, this coming week. You know, as I'm praying, getting ready for church, I'm thinking about the bondages, the burdens, the things that I've got to do this week. And it's distracting me from the service of God. But if I were to remember, if I were to have that yoke of Christ upon me when those burdens come along, you know, I'd say, why would I care? Why would I be burdened down by this hearing or whatever that I've got to do this week or this appointment that I've got or... Or, you know, uh, maybe I've got to have a procedure done. Whatever the case may be for you. Why would I be worried about that when I am a child of the King? And my place in heaven is set there. It is saved there by Jesus Christ Himself. That makes all the things that we deal with, all the burdens that we try to put on our back, all the burdens that, that Satan puts on our back, it makes those things seem insignificant. When you realize... That at the end of your life, or when Jesus comes back, you will see the King of glory. And you will, you will be there with Him forever. Alright, so let's move on. Romans 8. And we'll look at verse 15, a very familiar chapter. It says this, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This, this is a similar concept to what we were just talking about. He said, you're putting bondage on you, but you, you have not received the spirit of bondage. <laughs> when you're born again, you didn't receive a spirit of bondage. You received, you received the spirit of adoption. You're adopted as the child of the king. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Isn't that amazing? That's the identity that you need to remember, okay? Now, we can forget things. If I don't write something down, I'll forget it. I, I'm, there, there have been times where, where some of you have probably asked me to do something I've forgotten. Okay, if I don't write it down within a, within a couple of seconds, it's gone for me. I, I can't retain it. You know, I also have that problem with remembering my identity in Christ. Right? When I, I'm going through this, this mess of a world... <laughs> And these bondages, these burdens keep piling up on my back. I forget that I'm a child of the king. Now this is what this passage is about. It's reminding us 
Listen, you don't have the spirit of bondage. You've got the spirit of adoption. You've got the spirit of liberty. And that ultimately our hope, because of that, because of the work of God, that our hope is that at the end, the sufferings, all these bondages, all these burdens, they're not worthy to even be compared. It's not even, it's not even worthy to put them in the same sentence as the glory that awaits us, which shall be revealed in us. You know, if nothing else, draw comfort from this when you're going through burdens, and some of them, some of them are hard to bear, okay? If nothing else, I want you to look up and realize that that's not going to be your end. That, that burden, that bondage is not going to be your end. Your end is in immortal glory because of Jesus Christ. Now, if that doesn't help you just a little bit, I don't know what will. That has helped me before. You know, when I'm going through a tough time, when I've got a, uh, a tough case, I've got, I'm sick, whatever the case may be, I can at least say, I'll be in heaven someday, right? I mean, that, if nothing else, that gives me a little hope, right? It gives me a little joy, even in the midst of suffering. And that is a part of what it means to take on the yoke of Christ, right? It's not just to dump off your problems. That's certainly a part of it. And we'll read a little bit more about that in a second, but it's, it's not just to dump it off. It's to, take, it's to take on that identity, that yoke. All right, Galatians uh, chapter 5 is also very similar to that. It's obviously very important uh, to our God that we read that because he, he gives it to us multiple times um, to be free. Okay, He says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, there's a yoke that the world wants to put on you, <laughs> that yoke of bondage, and then there's the yoke that Christ wants you to wear, right? That yoke of adoption, that yoke of liberty, the yoke of, of, of redemption and resurrection. Now, just because um, you're not identifying, just because you're not remembering that you're a child of God does not mean that you are not a child of God, okay? Uh, when Jesus paid for you on the cross, you will be in heaven. The problem is that we live in a world where we sometimes forget that, right? One of the things that, we're, that Paul was specifically addressing here in Galatians was, as we mentioned this morning, was the topic of your salvation and, and how uh, at the time what was happening is you were having these, these, these people with Jewish heritage and, and the law service in their background coming and converting to, to follow Jesus, to be Christians, and then you were having Gentiles come in. And so you had this uh, mixing pot of, of what was two different belief systems, two different ways of living, uniting under Christ, okay, as Christians. And so what was happening is these Judaizer uh, Christians, they were coming along and they were saying it's not just good enough that you were baptized or that you were born of, of God or that, you were, uh, that he shed his blood for you on the cross. 
You've got to also do these things. You've got to keep the law. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to do all these things. And that was a bondage that was being put on the disciples of Christ. And that's a bondage that's still put on the disciples of Christ today. Now, I know that, that we don't believe that here, you know, but that doesn't mean that we still don't bear that bondage. We do. We put on ourselves, uh, we make rules and we try to follow them, right? But what we need to do is we need to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't put that yoke of bondage back on you. All right, now let's go to uh, Galatians chapter 6 and then we're going to kind of wrap this up. Galatians chapter 6 and we'll look at Verse 1, it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual will restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And then look at this. We've been talking about burdens and, and, and how, to, uh, how to shuck off some burdens, giving them to Christ. But this says something else that we need to know. It says, Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. He said, the law is about loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And look, we're neighbors in here. We're, we are neighbors. And he says, bear ye one another's burdens. Now, ultimately, that person, that person beside you that's, that's got a heavy burden on them is dealing with a problem. You know, they need, they need to be taking their burden to Christ. All right, but we know because we've all lived it. It's, you know, sometimes we don't think to do that. But here's what we need to do as fellow heirs, as joint heirs with Christ together. We need to help bear one another's burdens. Okay, now that doesn't mean that you come up in somebody else's business, right? <laughs> and, you, and you nose in and you try to start taking care of things. But it, it, but it means if you are aware of it, if you are aware of that bondage, that burden that they're under, and, and you can help, you need to, all right? Now, obviously, we need to be in, in prayer when we see one of our brothers and sisters under a bondage. We need to be in prayer, you know, if the Lord wants us to help or if he doesn't, you know. It may be that, um, that he, has, he is moving somebody to help that person, but... We need to be prayerful about that. Last thing you want to do is to, is to get ahead of the Lord and hurt somebody's feelings, right? But we do, need to, we do need to be aware that that is the fulfillment of the law, to love your neighbor as yourself. If somebody is under a bondage and they need some help, they need some encouragement, then, then get under that burden with them, okay? I used that example this morning of, of how when I was weightlifting, that I would have a spotter. And when, when you would, you know, you would go down for your squat or you would go for your bench press or, or deadlift, whatever the case may be, you had somebody there to back you up, okay, and, and in the event that you couldn't get that weight. And really, if you think about it, in those, in those terms, you know, those people save your life, really, you know. If you're lifting weights alone, and, and the bar comes on top of you and you can't get out from under it, you know. Those people are there for a reason. And look, the Lord put us here together for a reason, okay? 
when, when I'm struggling underneath a weight that I can't bear, I pray. I pray that, that somebody will come along and bear that with me. You know, at least help me. Help get me to Christ. Remind me that He's the one that I could put that burden on. And I pray that I might do the same for you if that comes up. Now, you know, does that mean that you're going to be able to be the Savior in their situation? No. It, it may be that all you do is you're there with them as that weight crushes them, you know, until you can get them to Christ, as you can get them, encourage them, and remind them of who's really carrying them. But I want us to continue reading because it's, there's more to it. He says, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. You see, at the beginning it says, bear one another's burdens. And then it comes back and says, every man's got to bear their own burdens. Now, what does this mean? For one, the Greek word there, it's a different word, but both translated to burdens, and, and I believe without a doubt, accurately so, because that, that sums it up, okay? But I want us to realize that the connotation of the words are slightly different. The, the connotation of the, one, of the first one, bear ye one another's burdens, that's, that's the idea that we've been talking about all day, the burdens that we carry. But then this other one, it says, but let every man, uh, for every man shall bear his own burden. That word burden literally means invoice. It's, it's your freight shipment, okay? I believe what this is talking about is at the end of the day, you are responsible for the load that you carry, right? You are the one responsible. Maybe there are certain burdens that the Lord has put on you. For example, I'll give, I'll give myself as an example. The Lord put on me the burden to carry of being a husband, specifically of being a husband to Meredith, right? That is, that is a burden that only I can carry, right? And I certainly hope that, that, that people might come along if I'm struggling and, and help me. But at the end of the day, before God, I'm the person that carries that burden. The same with the burden of being a parent, right? We, we uh, as, a, as a body, we can certainly help each other, give each other advice, uh, lift whatever load we can, but at the end of the day, I carry the burden of my family, right? But the, the essence of this passage is that we can help one another to the extent that we can. All right, last passage, Hebrews chapter 2, and we'll close here. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, Jesus Christ also, himself, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham." What's happening here is that your Savior, before the foundation of the world, He saw you. He knew your problems. He knew your frame. And what did He do? To redeem you from the bondage of sin, to redeem you from the fears of death, to, from, from the burdens that we carry, what did He do? He didn't send a delegate. He sent Himself. He came. He took on flesh. 
Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. What's happening here is that Jesus Christ came as a man. That was very specific, very intentional. One of the, one of the uh, benefits uh, to, to that is that we know that as Jesus Christ is in glory right now as your high priest, as your mediator, as he is listening to your prayers, as he is praying for you through the Spirit, that he understands you, right? He's not, just, he's not a high and lofty God that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He is a God who, is, who has lived in the flesh. He hasn't committed sins and, and been in the flesh that we say, but he literally took on flesh, okay? He experienced hunger and thirst and being tired. He experienced being a man yet without sin. And so when you come to him with burdens and you pray to him and, you, lead, and you, you take these burdens to him, you know that you've got a high priest who understands you and he is able to comfort you. That's what that word sucre means. He's able to comfort you when you're tempted. We carry a lot of burdens uh, that we put on ourselves. We carry a lot of burdens that the world puts on us. But regardless of where that burden came from, <laughs> You have a God right there, the God of glory, waiting to comfort you in the midst of your burdens because He knows your, your frame. He knows that you, are, that you are but dust. And He knows you. And also, He has given you an open invitation to come and to trade with Him, to take your burdens, to lay them at His feet, and to take His burden, that light, easy burden of rest that you are a child of God. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.